Hello and welcome to All the Overs, the only Essex cricket podcast. I'm Owen. I'm not Owen. I'm Terry. <laughs> I'm Leave Owen. That in. Leave going? that. Leave that. Keep rolling. <laughs> Cheese. I'm Cheese. Yeah, I'm Owen. I, I like how we, when we listen back to podcasts, I always find that our intros are always like we've never met before. I know, it's really awkward. It's just that I do that thing, you know, when you look at a screen and instead of saying the thing you meant to say, you just read. So I've got Owen on my screen. <laughs> I just read your name out. <laughs> mind, never mind. It's, I can't believe it. It's been two weeks. Those two weeks, have, they seem to have flown past. Um, if you're just joining us um, and haven't uh, joined us before, um, we are three cricket fans, uh, Essex fans, who uh, just come together for some good old Essex chat. And that's basically it. So if you're expecting more than that, you're in the wrong place. But hopefully stick with us and you'll enjoy um, our musings on... Uh, what has been actually uh, quite a turbulent couple of weeks, really. Um, yeah, disappointing. Um, should we start with Warwickshire? Let's get the, it's like a band-aid, isn't it? Just rip it off quickly. Makes it better. Cheese, start us off. We lost. We actually lost. We did lose. Um... Well, I can tell you how it happened. We didn't perform with the ball. Um, it's it, it's a shock, really. Like you just don't sort of think we lose. Um, was that the first one since 2018? Mm-hmm. I think in the the championship. Yeah, it's been a long time. It was a ridiculous number of matches. Um, a long time since we've lost, and I don't think Essex fans know how to lose. Because I certainly don't. This came as a massive shock to me. I'm sure it did to you guys as well. I didn't see it coming at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and then, of course, always uh, Worcestershire later. Not quite as disastrous, but still not great. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Cheese. And I think this comes back to something that we've been talking about over and over again: is our our, our reliance on our bowling. Um, so what what went wrong? You know, is it is it something in the selection? Is it something in the conditions? Or dare I say it, have we become complacent? Um, I don't know. Like, if you you look at the, the first innings, we had a good platform. Um, Brown and Cook knocking a you know sixties, and I think Cook was just shy of fifty. So we we motored along quite nicely. I think we built. A solid first innings of about 300. That's that's the path of the course. You know, I think the minimum you want to be saying is 350. If you set 350 in the first innings, you're saying you're on the front foot. Anything less than probably 280 and you're, you're, on, you're on the back foot. And we skipped them out for about the same, like a 10-run lead or something going into the second innings. Yeah. And then short of a Simon Harmer masterclass, and I know Lawrence got a 50, um, I think the game would have been over a lot sooner. Yeah. I, I just, I do wonder, I don't know, hindsight now for the last, uh, last game, but is, is someone, if you're looking for a team to be a championship winner, is, is having someone like Paul Walter in it a, a championship winning team you know uh not saying he's a bad player but is he 
the right sort of player to rely on every single week to 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 get runs. I'm not sure he is. That's interesting. I mean, I've I've been surprised with Walter with the bat to be honest this year. I think. Yeah. We've spoken before about his bowling, and I think we agreed that it's not quite up to par if you want to be in the attack consistently. And even as a backup, I'm not sure he'd be the first one I go to. But with the bat, I think he's he's actually cemented his, his spot in the first 11 over like these last four games. I mean, he's got a decent average this season of over 40. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's obviously worked really hard on his bat. I think someone must have had a word with him saying that your bowling's not up to scratch and he's tried really hard to come batsman. Um, a bit like, you know, it's the most famous example of Steve Smith, isn't it? He was a, sort of a, an average bowler for Australia, worked really hard on his batting and now look where, he's, look where he is. Um, but, yeah, I just... I just... I just... I just I, I come back to Worcestershire, but I just find it a bit... Um, we seem to lack in the batting. We don't, we've got one batsman short, or maybe with Brown, you'd say, with his former season, two batsmen short, to have, to have something you've got confidence in. That's fair. I I feel sometimes I'm a harsh critic on Mr Brown. Um, but I don't think this season, aside from this knock um, against Warwickshire, that he's actually stepped up. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I do think that yeah, you've got to give like someone else a go at the opening spot. I know I, my preference is Chopra. I think he's a decent batsman, should be given a chance. Um, given the given the rotation policy we had with Warish, well, no re rotation, but you know, dropping Porter, which gets to in the later. But it, that that seems like a braver decision to make than getting rid of Brown. Well, at the same time, we don't know what goes in the training ground. Um, you know, he might be doing really well in training and it's difficult to drop. Um, so, I think that, that, that's, that's the difficulty, isn't it? Is that we, we don't, as, as fans, we don't know the sort of rationale behind the decisions and what's going on behind closed doors, as it were. I think one of the, one of the negative sides of cricket is it hasn't got the, the press coverage at the county level that sort of other sports that take. Like, I mean, i um, big football fan, Ipswich Town fan, that you've got... Just from BBC Suffolk, you've got your the post-match day analysis. You've then got on the Thursday night they do an Ipswich Town hour. And you, with cricket, we don't seem, we've got obviously Victoria Polly's show on BBC Essex, but it's not. It's sort of more of a cricket general program with music and stuff in it. it we haven't really got journalists as su- such that um, that grill grill Essex and then relay that relay that information to the fans. Um, which I think is lacking from from what really goes on in the club. It, not the club being secretive, I don't think that it's that, that at all. But. Coverage, because all of the publicity, the emails, the social media, um, it's all about, pretty much all of it is about what's going on on the pitch. It's not about what's, you know, going on at training and, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to kind of get a feel for the, the rationale behind decisions and, you know, which players are doing really well in training. It'd be really nice to see that, actually. Yeah, also one thing I've been has been thinking about with my mind because it's about a tangent now, but it's like we're members of the club, right? We're not season ticket holders. We're actually members of the club. Like you'd be members of, say, Hutton Cricket Club. You're a member of the Essex Town Cricket Club if you if you pay your, your money. Why have we access to like the minutes and things? Like if you're a member of Hutton Cricket Club, just take it because Essex Club, 
you'd expect to be given access to minutes of their exec committee or have access to it or be able to ask questions. It seems strange when we haven't got access to that, like as members. They're not saying it should be generally public available, but but take like your school, Terry. You you, you as a head teacher don't want you, you muted Terry, I think. Yeah, I think my connection wasn't great there. Apologies. Um, so in terms of um, no sharing information, I mean, you're not you're not going to as a head teacher, I would not be like publishing all of the minutes of, of the meetings and all the decisions behind closed doors and all that kind of thing. Um, but my governors see all of it. So, I mean, how, you know, the, I mean, we get to see the minutes of uh, like AGMs and, and that kind of thing. That's shared with us, isn't it? Yeah, but okay, all of us have been involved with high level governance, right? And you know, when you get to these AGMs, you have these informal pre-meets where the real decisions are made. Then when it comes to the AGM, everyone's agreed and it gets brushed through really quickly. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't think AGM minutes mean anything. Because um, all the good stuff's happened beforehand. Yeah, exactly. And I'm also not saying we should be given this is obviously sensitive information that gets these meetings shouldn't be like people's contracts. No way is that anyone's business. But I just think there does seem to be a case if you've got the exec committee, they tell the members what they want, what they are prepared to tell uh, at these members' forums heavily, heavily. Um, I've got police, but I know uh, there's a line that everyone sticks to. Uh, the only seems that Ronnie Rani's off the line, but he doesn't really give much. It, it's, it's interesting to see with the character, but he doesn't give much information away on those meetings. It's just, it seems for me, I've sort of followed their waste of time. But yeah, just a general thing, I think, yeah, going back to our comment earlier about how we, we don't know what's going behind the scenes, it is, it is strange that, yeah, we don't, we don't get much. But yeah, back on to, back on to Warwickshire. Sorry, massive tangent. Yeah, back on to Warwickshire. Okay, so uh, hugely, hugely disappointing. Um, but we didn't, we haven't talked about the bowling, really. Were we, geez, I'm going to have to ask you. I think it's, it's a bit of an odd, odd performance from Mr. Porter. Like, we've come to, to know him as being like a real linchpin in the attack. But if you're looking at the, the season so far, the, probably the only two bowlers that have really turned up are, are Cook and Harmer. And it almost feels like Dan Lawrence has become our, like the third prong of the attack rather than, you know, having that core set that we've always sort of spoken so strongly about. Yeah, it feels a little bit like we've, we've destabilised somewhat. Yeah, also, if you look at the, um, the the bowling figures, we don't give our opening bowlers much, uh, many overs, really. If you look, we've got them. Um, so this last Warwickshire game, I think if you, I mean, I've got the, I haven't got it in front of me, but it's roughly like 12, 14 overs, the, like, Porter and Cook got as opening pace attack, which I think for professional bowlers in a four-day match seems rather rather low, given that at, at a club level, bowlers bowl that many, uh, you know, who are, who are only part-time. It just seems, and then you look at them, which I will get up there, I will get up. Let's look at this. If you look at like, so they think like Ollie Stone, Craig Mills, bowled 26 and 22 overs themselves. I know that we are very reliant on Simon Harmer, so he gets he eats up a lot of the overs from one end, and therefore it re therefore reduces the amount that people can possibly take. But it just seems that we yeah we don't really use utilize that very often. Um, 
And that's whether just because we are so focused on Harmer taking all the wickets, or maybe Wesley hasn't got as much confidence in the in the opening bowlers as, as we'd like him to have. But if you haven't got as much confidence in the open bowlers, then you shouldn't be openers. Surely. Uh, well, we yeah, think I think a bit harsh and not just. They're the two quality bowlers, aren't they? Sand, brilliant. Yeah. Sand Porter only a few years ago was Wisdom Cricket of the Year. So. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'll, well, I've probably phrased that incorrectly. I just mean that you, you said you haven't got confidence in them, um, but but as you say, as you say, why are they not bowling more? Don't know. Oh, okay, I'm not a bowler. Right, I mean you're a bowler. Yeah. How long does it? Yeah, we go in there. How long does it take to ease into? Uh, <laughs> for me or for uh, um well you know based on your experience you know like it, it, does it take sort of you know are they warmed up by the sort of third fourth over and get you know um that eases them into their spell or does it take a bit longer and then actually maybe if they were on for longer would they perform better in the last few overs of their spell uh, i think fitness happen? wise they should be going for the ball one they'll be they'll be there from early in the morning when they practicing uh, they, they they shouldn't be like what we have at club level where you get an hour at most, you know, training wise, because people got family equipment and stuff. But I think what I, what I, what I would find, what I rephrase this, I would imagine they get better as they go through because the one side starts getting roughed up. So when you got the heart, we haven't got any out and out rapid pace attack where you just like drop a archer, give him a hard ball, and it's going to be coming coming at the batsman hard and fast and it's intimidating and it's hard to hit we haven't got that swing. we've got seam bowlers who need that swing and you don't get that straight off the bat as much so you think after a few overs they, they might be a bit better but uh, it does seem as if once that once the shine's gone off once the new hard has gone off the new ball they get taken off and they only get, get given a few overs left in the rest of the innings um and we have harmer I don't know, Teresa, what do you think, Teresa? Do you think we're too over-reliant on Harmer, that we've just got this, this formula where you just spin it to win it? I don't think we're over-reliant on Harmer. I think we take it as a given sometimes that he's going to get um, five wickets a game, because more often than not, he has got five wickets um, an innings or, or a game in, in general. And maybe, we, I think, complacency in the attack is probably a better description than being over-reliant on individuals. But it is an attack of three or four. And I think as soon as one of those doesn't, like, cut it, bit bit strong um, a word, it's very hard for the others to pick it up because it's it's basically three, three players of excellence in a seam attack and Harmer, it's not an, a lightning quick pace attack, Harmer, and then two other bits and pieces. Like, there's no variety in the attack, I think is, is what I'm trying to say. So it's very clinical, it's very precise, but it's not got the, the differences that you sometimes need to like flush those breakthroughs out in a game. Yeah, I think we are we are missing like Ravi Para, you know, or, or Tendo when he could bowl. I mean, just just a, just a sort of a seven over spell. You can't hold end up with that reliant on Walter and stuff. And and Lawrence, I Lawrence, I think Lawrence can bowl, but he's not 
you're not someone you you need you should really rely on to be able to um get your wickets he's that sort of like you know bring on the forward lunch or tea break type bowler but yeah well, I think that's it's probably a good idea to, to look a little bit more closely at the draw with Warwick, with uh, Worcestershire then, um, just in the light of what we've talked about there. So, um, disappointing. I thought we'd pull it back, literally, after a loss, I thought we'd come back all guns blazing and smash it out of the park, literally. I think we, we, we talked this last week, or not last week, the last podcast about how we're being too conservative with our de declarations. I think this exactly the same happened again, is that we just left it, we left us, we batted for too long. Um, I know they I know they tried to pick the pace up and, and Harmer was smashing sixes all over the place. But it was, and it was, you know, entertaining to watch and I guess that's what you what you watch cricket for. But I, I do think, yeah, that we just, we just left ourselves with too little time to do the job. Yeah. Cheese, are you in agreement with that? Um, I don't think we left it too little time. I mean, we we've won we've won county championship games inside sort of two and a half days before. Um, so to give yourself two days to get twenty wickets, I don't think's unreasonable. Um especially as you kind of expect the pitch to tear up a little bit um, and make it easier in the, in the second day, especially for someone like Harmer. Did we leave it too late to declare? Yes. I think 500 would have been enough. Um, well, 500 basically guarantees the draw. Anything on top of that, um, I guess it's just nice. Like game management-wise, like get them in at the end of the day rather than halfway through the day. I just I find it um, really interesting that so like the two and a half three years we've been doing this podcast now until this season we were always like ah oh, we don't really bat enough uh, we don't get that big in in score um, the batsmen don't really make it easy for the bowlers and this season kind of it feels like it's being flipped on its head in that the batsmen are doing better than what they we used to doing as a fan, you know, when was the last time we posted a score of 500 plus? Um, yeah. Do you think it's a lack of pressure? Because I remember, um, is it Damon Hill, the racing driver? He was British, wasn't he? He was? Yeah, I remember an interview with him saying that um, he, was it Eddie Irvine? Hey, one of the Anyway, they were saying how they they didn't they wouldn't go on the qualifying lap until it was the last possible time to do it because they knew if they had to nail that lap otherwise they'd be out of time they'd be at the back of the um back of the race to start the grand prix and it, it was that under pressure that they got the, their best times and then got their best results i wonder whether like with when we when we do get posters like you know 200 220 runs the bowlers will go right we've got to be tight here we've got no room for for errors but then you post 500, it's like, ah, oh, pressure's off. You know, we've got time here. We can, we haven't got a, you know, boulders. You just don't, not saying they, they, they think that mentally, but their subconscious isn't, isn't at, at that high alert level of you've got to, you've got to do this now. Like, you know, you, your kids with exams, Terry, I mean, I always hear people perform better in the real exam because this is it. You've got one chance at it. 
whereas with their practice papers, oh, they can get remarked, you know. Um, so I just wonder maybe that's, that's that psychology thing of it, because the best, best bats are doing better this year. The bowlers aren't, but the adrenaline going through them as much. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's a, a really good point, actually. And you're absolutely right. Performance under pressure tends to be sharper. Your mind is more focused um, and there is more of a sense of urgency. Um, and you're right in terms of posting high scores. You know, it's not it's not something that we've traditionally been doing. We have been forced to be really sharp and tight and uh, focused on the bowling. I hadn't thought about it that way at all. Also, don't pick Shane Snater as one of your main bowlers. <laughs> I've got I've written Shane Snater down. <laughs> um, poor Shane, we do pick on him. Um, I just see a pick on him. I, just, I think he's great. He's lovely to hear the first wicket. That's wonderful for him. Shame his family can be there, you know, but... No, he just comes up a lot, that's all. It just Yeah, because he... You know, in the... This season, I don't, I don't articulate this, but he's been hanging around the fringes of the Red Bull cricket a lot this pre-season. And it was always a bit like, please say he's making the numbers up. Please say they're trying to keep him included in the squad and they're trying to keep his morale up. And so he's not sidelined sort of T20s. And just having to, you know, with the bubbles and everything, they're trying to keep him in bail from the club rather than because he can't go with the freedoms. And then the, my worst fear happens that oh no, they're serious. They've got a guy who plays who's not even the first first strike bowler for the Netherlands in a in a club that's trying to win the championship. Um, no, no, nothing against the guy. Just it just no, no, but found it again, odd. Does it come back? Does it come back to what we were talking about earlier? You know, we're not privy to the decision-making process. And maybe he's doing something in training and he's like lightning, um, you know, when they're having their, their training sessions and then it just doesn't come to fruition when he's on the pitch. Yeah, I don't think we ever know. I don't think, we're going back to my comments earlier, we, we, we haven't got that, the relationship with the press. The, the, the big name journalists don't come down to hounds McGrath about what his decision-making after post-match do you get with like, say, other sports. Um, mm -hmm. So, I don't think that, that will never come out. Well, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about that briefly because we, if we're looking ahead to Knox tomorrow um, and, and decision-making with McGrath, um, it's the same squad that's named, right? Yeah. So. I'd but hopefully Porter comes in for Snater. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully Porter does, but, um, you know, I wonder, I wonder what's changed and, uh, you know, if we're going to see anything different tomorrow than, than what we've seen over the past two, they haven't come out. Just excuse me, they haven't come out and said Porter's injured, have they? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. I think Beard um, is injured. Yeah, is injured. Yeah, he's he's back soon, I believe. I might I might have misread that. Do you wonder if this is um because Porter had that slow start to the season? It's just a bit of McGrath saying. Fuck your ideas up or you are dropped like I'm not saying that Porter would ever think he's undroppable or carry that kind of ego but you can get into that security of well actually who's here to to replace me um and maybe it's a bit of one of those like I'm not messing around we are going to give people a go if we don't think it is all clicking at the moment yeah I mean I just thought that this I I hope it's not the case, but, but normally when someone's dropped, they either it, 
but they, they go like, oh, they've got a niggle, don't they? Just to save their face. Like, that's one of these situations we get like with Scrothic, where it comes out maybe a year or so later going actually struggling mentally. You know, we're going through COVID. The, the cricketers are stuck in, they're stuck in hotel rooms with these away matches. He's got the pressure of performing at that high level constantly. We don't, we don't know, we don't know him at all. He, he might over after years of going, you're a frontline bowler, you've got to be doing this, missing out on England. It just always got to him, you know. And then suddenly you bowl a you have a couple of bad spells. And Anthony McGrath, I do think he's a good coach. Mark's spotting the changing, going, you just, your brain needs a rest. Um, I'm trying to think of different angles about why it could have happened because I find it really strange that. You give someone like Brown chance after chance after chance, and because we know he can bat, and I'm not, I don't, I don't have a particular problem. With, I would like to see change, but I have a problem with no change happening. I just find it really odd that you've got one of your best bowlers the last four years. He has a couple of bad, a couple of not even bad games, just bad spells, and he's off, he's off the, um, off the squad. It, it seems bizarre, and I wouldn't be surprised if we if he comes out in a few years' time that he just needed a, he, he needed a rest. Are we talking about this kind of stuff in daily, like in the sport? I think cricket is, yeah. That's why I think maybe that might have happened with me. It's like it's one of those cases where you've, you don't feel like you've got to be the macho person of like I'm a, I'm a especially the quick bowlers. Apparently, it's a very macho environment with the in, in pressure quick bowlers that you can't, you can't say you're injured, you can't say you're in pain, you can't say actually it's hard work getting smacked about. So maybe it's a case where maybe Jamie or, or or they've got a proper they've got proper safeguarding in place where they've noticed that. We've got someone who's a bit burnt out with every, because we bear in mind we are all of us are feeling the, the strains of of, um, of COVID life. Um, uh, and I, for myself, I travel around. I get I get stuck in hotels. It's it's hard, you know, just staring at four walls for your, for your evenings. Um, so in these you like, eat these things that people don't even think you have to eat your dinner eat your dinner on the bed. It's it's rubbish. It, these little things probably are grinding them down. So. I've taken a dark turn. Sorry, yeah, no, but it's not just an angle of thought. I thought I'd share it. That's all. Yeah, sorry. Just going going back to Beard, I just think it it, it would be remiss of us not to at least wish him well, uh, given the fact that he did join us on the podcast last season. So, Aaron, if you're listening, feel better soon. Continuing the downer though, on the cheese opinion, this cheese. Do you think we've now with the weather forecast for Nottinghamshire game, probably going to be a, a draw or abandoned? Do you think we've blown it now for getting to the group one next, given we've where, where we are on the table? I don't think we've blown it yet. I don't think we can afford more dropped opportunities. Like, if we lose games, we lose games, and it is what it is. Sometimes the other team will just be better than us. I think I'd be more disappointed if, if we keep doing the what we've done in the last game of if we post 500 and then we draw every game for like the next four uh, we've got Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire and someone else um, left to play so if we keep losing in that manner or drawing in that manner I'd be more annoyed I think even if we drew on out we'd probably make it because other teams will drop points against each other like it's a surprisingly competitive division. And I don't know if that says more about us than it does about everyone else. Um, but I think I imagine we'll be there or thereabouts come the end. 
It's not comfortable, though. It doesn't feel like we're going to comfortably make the top division for the next round. Yeah. No, I'm inclined to agree with Cheese on that one. Um, I'm not as confident as I was sort of two games ago. Um, and actually, I think if we don't sort out whatever's gone wrong over the last couple of games, uh, it will run away with us. And that'll be really disappointing. So finishing on a high, the new kit. Have you seen Woo-hoo! it? I've seen it. It's quite retro looking. It's very baggy. Are you cheesing it, cheese? I've not. I'm going to Google it right now. Oh, They've gone back to the old the, with the uh, gold with the red piping. Yeah, we can't even do it. We try on. I uh, know. I could just order it and then hope for the best, and then model it on the next podcast. Yeah, I just find it weird. That I've been over lockdowns, so you know, getting to my cycling, and I've, I've realised that aero is everything. Um, so. I find it weird that you've got professional sports teams wearing baggy clothes. You think as they're running into bowl, the drag it would create would have to, like you would with modern sports science, they'll just get rid of the drag element and have tighter shirts. But well, they're not as tight as the ones you wear. We're not saying that tight. So it's like a second skin. <laughs> but um, yeah, as I find ideas. I thought maybe the sports science they'll go like, or maybe it's the that's that's the one they sell in the shop, and then they'll, the cricketers have like you know rugby's gone tight, football's gone tight. Cycling's yeah, definitely gone tight. If you look on, if you look on the ones they're actually modelling, like Harmers is like properly. I mean, he wears baggy anyway. But the others, there's like a picture of the three, um, and and they they just look a bit loose and baggy. But I can't. I'm not being funny. They're not they're not running at lightning speed. So I, I think the the difference of drag is not going to be massive, is it? Cheese, what have you have you have you looked at it yet? What do you think? I'm a fan. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I wish. The only thing I wish they had is the is the retro badge on it. I like I like the SEC Eagles badge. I think it's cool. It's a good, really nice logo. They've done a good job with it. But uh, I, I just thought that shirt with the the old, really just the Essex County crest to be really sharp on it. Maybe you should mock something up and send it in. Uh, the media team did a pretty good job. I'll leave it to them. Okay, fair enough. Just. <laughs> But also, the, the, the documentary that come out that comes out today, I saw the preview. Look, if you guys haven't, I'll check it out. It looks the preview. No, the preview no, I'm not, I'm not home, so uh, I, I haven't had a chance. It's been late nights this week, uh, so. Um, but I did get my new iPad, so I will be looking forward to having some sneaky watching um, when I when I am uh, not too busy, hopefully. Um, also, praising Essex, by the way. Did anyone, when we were watching the Worcester game on the on the live stream, just realise how good Essex's coverage is compared to other counties? Oh my god, completely! The, <laughs> have you seen the stilted cameras? Yeah. Because the ball goes, the camera goes, whoop, and then <laughs> not far enough. Let's go a bit further. <laughs> it's not ideal. It really isn't ideal. Um, but there you go. Anyway, you know, bless them. They're, they're trying, and we're getting to watch county cricket. So let's just be grateful. And it just seems strange to be kind of a deal like where our, our media team just does away games as well, just like take the stuff up to a new road and do it properly. But uh, no, 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 everyone's gonna have their own teams. Yeah, no. never mind, never mind. It's uh, anyway, we uh, it's time to, to start wrapping up. So, um, predictions for tomorrow, um, not looking good based on the weather. So, let's all just keep our fingers crossed that the uh, weather makes a dramatic. Uh, turn around like it like it did earlier in the week and uh, you know we're able to, to see some cricket and um, we'll be on for a win hopefully I reckon it'll be drizzle not full rain personally yeah 
Yeah, because I, I was up in um, uh, not not Nottinghamshire or somewhere this this week, and they had a similar Sweet. forecast, and it was just um, it was drizzling, not heavy rain. So hopefully, some cricket, just a bit wet. So you were in Trentbridge Territory. Okay, fair enough. Let's hope let's hope for the best. Right, well, guys, really lovely to see you. Um, and uh, if you aren't already following us, it's at Essex Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, Podbean, and on iTunes as well. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been lovely to uh, see you guys, and I'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye, Owen. Bye, Cheese. Goodbye. Yeah.